Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Welcome back to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we are the Wellness Women. So look, we are scooting through the news reels of yesterday and having a look at what was uh, trending in news and media. Got us thinking about something uh, that came up that swung by from the uh, NBC newsroom. And it was talking about a study that's come out that states that coffee doesn't give you heart palpitations. And we both laughed because both of us have said that actually we feel as though it does give you heart palpitations. You know, have two cups and you go, well, that's enough for me. Like you start to feel a bit jittery. You can even see tremor in your hand and you feel like your heart's jumping. And we're like, well, hang on. How could they outright say that coffee doesn't give you palpitations? They've done a huge study, checked lots of people. I mean, there's 1,400 people in the study. Um, and it was a health study. And I thought, well, hang on. Let's have a chat about coffee today. So, Andrea... We disagree with this idea that it gives you heart palpitations, even though the study says it does. Because I'm sure so many of us can attest the fact that caffeine and, and coffee certainly has that effect on our system. Um, it, the purpose of it is to be a stimulant. It is the most potent nervous system stimulant, the most widely used one. Um, and I'm pretty sure that most of us love it as well. Uh, I know that I certainly have a bit of a love-hate relationship with coffee. Uh, it certainly has so many pros um, and there's lots of health benefits to it as well. Um, but if there's other things going on, for example, if there's any kind of adrenal fatigue, then it's going to be really detrimental to your system. And I think we're probably a little bit too reliant on it at the moment. Uh, Ash, how do you, do you, you're not a coffee drinker. Not a huge coffee drinker, but I must say, I when I sort of read this article by these researchers and they published in the Journal of the American Heart Association, I, it did get me thinking about how much coffee I drink, how much caffeine I consume, um, where the sources of caffeine come from, because I don't do a cup a day coffee. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I know I'm sure I'm getting some doses of caffeine. So what are the hidden sources of caffeine, which got me researching and looking into some of those other places that caffeine could be, you know, sort of being trickled into my life without maybe me realizing. Um, so for me, yeah, look, I love a cup of coffee, but give or take, I don't need it. Um, whether it is out and about or one at home, I'm not a coffee connoisseur, so to speak, but I certainly know the difference between what I like and I don't like. Um, I do prefer black coffee. I love it in its, you know, I'd say pure form without uh, any of the other flavors or background flavors. Um, And I just enjoy it. it. It's something that's satisfying when you drink a good cup of coffee. It's actually just mentally, emotionally satisfying. And aside from the fact that it's a pick me up, 
Um, in some ways, sitting down and drinking a cup of coffee is also um, slow down. It's a relax me time as well. Isn't that quite a paradox because it's stimulant, but you're going through that uh, sort of slow down ritual when you do it. And I think that's why so many people love coffee. It's that ritual that's associated with it. Um, I am a bit of a late coffee bloomer. <laughs> I used to hate coffee. I used to always love the smell of it, couldn't stand the taste until I was in my early 20s and I actually tried it without milk. And it was the milk that I hated, not the actual coffee itself. And from that moment, I was just like, okay, I've got, you know, 20 something years to make up for here. And I went pretty hard on just long blacks <laughs> um, and uh, ran my adrenals into the ground a little bit there. And I've gone back and forth from being a pretty hardcore coffee addict. Uh, and now I enjoy it on the weekends and, you know, very socially rather than trying to rely on it every day um, because I know that my energy levels don't do well if I'm really reliant on it. And that's what we're going to talk about today, yeah. isn't it? Just how many women are struggling with this, uh, I guess, caffeine addiction because you really want it and you feel like you need it. But there's a little part of you, and I'm sure you're listening, thinking the same thing. I know it's not that great for me in some way, but I like it and I want it. Now, I sort of smile when I think back to my high school days because anyone who went to Manly High School down on Harbord Road in uh, North Curl Curl would say the same thing. Um, across the road from our school was a coffee roasters. And at certain times of the day with certain wind directions, you would get the most filthy, horrible smell of burnt oh. coffees, like these, the background. And it was just horrendous. I remember thinking, if that's what coffee smells like, I don't want coffee. So I'm a bit like you. It took me a long time to get into coffee because um, a lot of us students sitting in classrooms in the science labs were, you know, exposed to these wafts of just horrible smelling burnt coffee. And it doesn't have a very nice um, smell flavor. For anyone who's ever had that, you might drive past the place and go, what's that awful smell? And it's usually it's burnt coffee. So that was your, your turn off for a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. So like you, also late bloomer. Um, it's so, interesting. Most people, what do they do when they start their day? They will almost hit the on button on the coffee machine before they even open their eyes. And it becomes part of that morning ritual for them as soon as they wake up. Yeah, and if it's not coffee, it's a big cup of tea, pot of tea. Or, I mean, sadly, for some people, it, they're just jumping straight into iced coffee, iced chocolate milks, you know, on the run to energy work. energy drinks, those yeah, sorts of things. absolutely. Yeah. And dare I say it, can of Coke, yeah, can nice. of Mother V, sports, energy, horrible drinks. Um, you see the guys, and I hate to classify it, but tradies. I see a lot of tradesmen leaving for work. They obviously get up really early and it's the only way they can get out of bed every day at 4.30. Yeah. Um, and you often see their trucks, you know, the front seats of their trucks when you walk past them at the shopping centre and they've got all these cans and bottles of, of stimulant drinks. And they're usually giant sizes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they make them bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, what used to be a, a 350ml bottle of coffee chocolate milk now has gone up. I saw the latest one. They're actually selling one litre, like, run-and-go iced coffees. I'm like, wow. a litre of coffee milk just does my brain in the idea that someone would want to consume that. But it's designed to be a, a one-hit wonder. It's not meant to be a family share. It's like, here's your, here's your milk and run. Um, so that that's a one-serving size for one person. Considered. Wow, that's amazing. It is. So, yeah, we look. We always laugh and tease and say America's the land of supersized. But uh, I dare to challenge that and say Australia's starting to catch up quite quickly because the products in the supermarket are just very sneakily getting a bit bigger and a bit bigger and a bit bigger. 
Um, you still might be buying the same brand and the same product, but the volume, the serving size is actually very cheaply going up slightly. And there's stacks of really negative effects of that, but let's look at some of the research first about what some of the benefits are for coffee, because it's amazing that caffeine and coffee are attributed to lots of really potent things, like it can decrease the risk of Parkinson's disease, it can decrease the risk of postmenopausal breast cancer, um, decrease the risk of depression in women as well. Um, all of those things are pretty amazing. There was a study that came out um, in the Journal of the American Medical Association that did a huge study with over 8,000 participants over 30 years looking at men and their risk of Parkinson's. Mm. And it showed that coffee had an encaffeinated coffee, so not decaf, had a positive um, association with lowering the risk of Parkinson's disease. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, And then I think the one that's that's really important for women is that uh, there was another study, a paper published in the Internal Medical Journal in 2011 called Coffee, Caffeine and the Risk of Depression Among Women. Um, Feel free to go and look that up. But it shows that depression risks decrease with increasing your caffeinated coffee consumption. Now, I'm wondering if there's a threshold after so much, then your risk goes back up again. Um, yeah, you'd have to suggest there is. If there's some chance that it could create adrenal depletion, then yeah. that will obviously reverse cycle back and into we'll a negative state. Dysregulate that HPA axis. Um, yeah. The thing is, though, that you've got to be aware of when you're looking at these studies and when you're looking at the things like what we saw from NBC, that it doesn't, that caffeine doesn't cause heart palpitations, these are observational studies in nature. Okay, so they're longitudinal studies. So they're, you know, following people over a certain amount of time. They're not doing double blind placebo trials. Um, they're not taking into account, are there other healthful things that these coffee consumers are doing that's having an additional protective effect? Yeah. Are there medications? None of those things are elicited as far as I could find. So I absolutely agree with you, but it was just that sticking point of challenge going, hang on, how can they say that? Cause our experience is that we know, and I've certainly had clients, you can tell they've just had a couple of cups of coffee before they come in. Cause they are literally literally <laughs> You know, and they do exactly what you just did. You're talking really fast. Their their hands are twitching. They're going boom, boom, boom. And I haven't had any coffee this morning. I'm just a, <laughs> a high tempo person. I think you figured that out already, guys listening. Um, but yes, it's certainly so. It's one of these topics that we have done a fair deal of homework on, and just realised as well that um, confusion around whether it's good for you, whether it's not. There's no. There's no black and white line on this one. Um, it's very grey because it depends on what you're looking at, who the person is, how old they are, are they pregnant, um, are their metabolic states, you know, in a healthy state exactly. already. Uh, it's so variable. So it's no wonder that it's been considered as the most common drug in the world because it has an effect on the central nervous system in the body. Mm-hmm. It has an effect on the brain. Therefore, it's a drug. Yeah. And we take it day by day, unaware of the potency and the impact that can have on our general health and well-being, some for the better, some for the worst. So um, what other sort of benefits have you discovered, Andrea, that you, you realize and you think, oh, that's interesting? Because I know there's certainly some powerful antioxidant effects of yeah. caffeine from nature. So we're talking very much here from nature. I'm not sure if you guys listening are aware, but often you'll see products on the supermarket shelves and one of the listed ingredients is caffeine. So if you see a listed ingredient as caffeine, that's a synthetically derived caffeine mm-hmm. made in a science laboratory, um, probably in some hellhole of a place, you know, in China, I hate to say it, but that's where things are made cheap synthetically and can be mass produced and mass marketed and got out in all sorts of products. So you'd be very surprised to see just how many products 
um, caffeine is listed as a as a list on the ingredients list. Um, unfortunately, depending on which country you're from, and I know in America, there's no requirement to list um, caffeine. A lot of the soda companies will do it voluntarily in the interest of health and safety. So they're probably covering their bottoms that they don't get. Uh, you or know, in the interest of marketing, someone might look at that and go, "Caffeine, great. That's what I need." Caffeine is helpful. Yeah. So I, I don't know which way they look at it, but um, I'm certain that um, as soon as something doesn't have to be listed, then there's potential risk for people to be over-consuming, unawares. Now, are you referring to the things like the um, V and the Monster, all of those energy drinks with the synthetic caffeine added into it? Is that... It's in everything. Okay. Um, they, I even was reading about ibuprofens and some pain medications that yeah. have caffeine yes, as, a, as a constituent and, and it's not listed. Even supplementation as well. Yeah, vitamins and, and supplements. Yeah. Um, particularly anything that has weight loss, yeah. it's potentially got caffeine in it. Um, yeah. Any of the, the pick-me-up supplements, they potentially have caffeine in it. And this is why reading labels are so important and trying to do a little bit of homework before you take something and put it into your body, understanding what you're putting in. Um, but, you know, negative stuff aside, that's we just wanted to delineate the difference here. We're talking about coffee, plant, natural sourced caffeines. Yes. Um, there is a very important line to understand that there is synthetic forms as well. So just knowing that there is the difference out there, hopefully that's a first step to not getting fooled by marketing and by, by labeling. Um, but that's step one, just knowing is the caffeine from a na- – sorry – Caffeine. That's just, I've just created a new word there. Coffee and caffeine mixed up. Is the caffeine from a natural source or is it a synthetic variant? Yeah, and uh, great question because coffee uh, and, and caffeinated coffee, so coffee in its natural state, has many antioxidant um, protective effects. Mm. Uh, and one of the things that they've found is that it actually decreases the inflammation in the gastrointestinal tract. So we know that uh, inflammatory processes are certainly a stepping stone to lots of chronic disease. Um, so, you know, that's certainly one of the ways that it can be protective so the, the antioxidant effect of coffee um, or that, that anti-inflammatory process, so coffee also has um, a constituent in it called polyphenols, um, which trigger an antioxidant gene expression. So not only is it antioxidant in nature itself, but through that process, it also has that kind of double whammy as well, which is great. So it reduces the oxidative stress um, on cells too. Uh, this is in normal, healthy individuals dare I say. So in some of us that are too wired, already too adrenalized uh, and stressed out and might also be what we call slow metabolizers. So we have, uh, you know, different ways of processing things through our liver and through our system. Caffeine or coffee itself may not be appropriate in those sort of situations. Mm. I also have a chat about a study that's talking about, um, effect of caffeine on brain function, uh, memory and recognition. There was a really interesting research study published by the Journal of Nature and Neuroscience, and it shows that caffeine enhances certain memories up to about 24 hours after it's consumed. And that was super interesting because they, you know, declared that it has cognitive enhancing effects, um, but it especially effects on strengthening memories and making them resistant to forgetting. And that's just fascinating because, you know, we're talking about an age where people are highly stressed. It's affecting short-term memory. Um, you know, anytime someone's had traumatic experience, of course, that blocks pathways in the brain, the hippocampus, the, the emotional memory centers. And what they showed was that the ability to recognize um, facial, in this case, um, images that were shown on one day, shown again on the next day, was improved with this caffeine intake. So the recollection, uh, whilst not getting them wrong, they recognise them as being similar. So there was some depth of memory recollect to say, I've seen it, 
I'm pretty sure I've seen it, um, but they're not wrong in the answer there. So whilst they couldn't unanimously say it's the same one, they could definitely say it was similar because they knew that they'd seen something like that one. And that was really interesting. So, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, age conditions regarding dementia and aging population, um, even things like when they study the effects of concussions in athletes, things that affect that part of the brain, this is a really interesting thing to see whether or not um, the effects of caffeine on long-term memory could be beneficial for people. It's pretty amazing. The list goes on. You know, there's um, studies that have shown that two cups of coffee a day protects against liver cirrhosis. Um, high coffee intake um, will help to reduce weight, improve blood sugar control. Um, however, the opposite is also true. So it really depends on the individual. And this is why individualized um, healthcare is so, so important. Uh, and going to depend on what's happening in your system right at that time um it's really interesting that that you know these lists of benefits go on to include things like it reduces uh, abdominal obesity um has a really good impact on your triglycerides your hdl cholesterol your hip to weight ratio um and all of those things are disorders of you know your metabolism or metabolic disorders and so having a cup of coffee is going to be uh, you know it's a stimulant i'm wondering if it's through that process that that this is why it is those things and i'm wondering if it then gives those people the energy boost to go out and, uh, you know, move and uh, do all those other helpful activities. So I'm wondering if it's not actually the coffee itself that's creating that, but all the other lifestyle factors that go with that as well. Yeah. And so look, lovely listener, we've, um, you know, some of you might be sitting there going, well, I don't really have coffee. That's not, not uh, such a big thing for me. I'm like, actually, I don't really need a cup of coffee a day, but you'd be really surprised because there is the um, US um, FDA, the Food Drug Administration, have studied that 90% of people worldwide consume caffeine in one form or another. So if yeah. you're thinking this is not relevant to you, um, unless you're in that really remote 10% who have no exposure to caffeine, caffeine is something that's in your daily intake. And also 80% of people actually consciously consume caffeine daily through either one form of tea, coffee, yeah. um, or a stimulant drink or, or chocolate. And that's fascinating because <laughs> is we that, often think drug of choice. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And, you know, and really what that comes down to is that most adults are consuming around the 200 milligrams of caffeine, and that's about one cup of strong coffee a day. So, yeah, whether you drink a cup of coffee or not, there's chances are there's foods you're having through the day that are uh, including caffeine into your diet and lifestyle. All right, so let's talk about um, what you could do if you love your coffee, you don't want to give it up, but how can you use it most beneficially for your system? And coffee is a drug and you can certainly use it that way. So this is almost like, you know, a life hack, I guess. uh, And the timing of your coffee is so important. So having coffee first thing in the morning is absolutely not a good idea. I will not let my patients have coffee before 10 a.m. And there's actually a reason behind that. So it's a a neurological reason and it's also an endocrinological reason as well. Uh, So one of the things that actually wakes us up from our sleep state is the hormone cortisol. And we know that as being one of the adrenal hormones. Uh, It gives us that sense of wakefulness in the morning. It's highest between 6 and 8 a.m. So when it kicks in, it's part of our circadian rhythm, it wakes us up. And coffee will actually, at that time, will interfere with the cortisol production. Okay, so it switches that off a little bit. 
puts the coffee receptors in there or the caffeine receptors uh, in there instead, which is part of what creates that tolerance or that addiction. Um, so the best time because of the ups and downs of your cortisol throughout the day is between 10 a.m. and noon. So if you have it during this time, it won't interfere with our body's own mechanisms that keep us alert. Um, and it will almost help you to ride that energetic wave. So you're not going to have such an energy drop in the afternoon, sort of that three, four o'clock kind of witching hour time when most people are desperate to pick themselves up on the floor that's when they're craving sugar that's when they're needing that mars bar or the extra cup of coffee then as well um so having coffee at the appropriate time you can use it like a drug you can ride that wave and it should be able to get you through the rest of the day without you know those consequences um the weight excuse me the wakefulness that you get is from a whole bunch of different factors um but let's talk about the ones that interact with coffee itself. So this is how coffee actually affects our brain function. Um, so the best way I can describe it is the, the neurons in your brain are firing all the time. And there's a whole bunch of regulatory systems that uh, monitor all of that and how awake we are and how much, you know, is going on inside our head. And part of this process um the neurons produce a substance called adenosine and these levels are monitored really actively throughout the nervous system. When adenosine levels drop, this is when our body starts to slow down and wants to induce sleep. So, you know, this is late at night, this adenosine drops, it's nudging us towards that sleep or for a lot of people happens during the day as well. Um, so adenosine is a neuromodulator, it promotes sleep, suppresses arousal, um, and it's also responsible for a few other things like energy production, um, sending blood to certain organs and things like that. Um, when we drink coffee, it is an awesome adenosine imposter. So it kind of mimics it, which means that it binds to those adenosine receptors, which activate the brain's natural stimulants, which is dopamine and glutamate. Uh, and this is also part of what creates that um, addiction process as well. So those two um, stimulants, you know, your brain's own natural stimulants, dopamine and glutamate, is almost like keeping your foot on the accelerator of the car. So that is that process by which caffeine really, coffee really wakes up the brain. So it blocks or um, replicates the adenosine receptors. So it keeps us awake, stimulates our brain's natural, you know, energizes and, and keeps the foot on the, the gas or the accelerator pedal there. And that um, applies to caffeine-based products too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not just coffee itself. Um, so you can... You can get wired, um, but only to the point that your natural sort of neurotransmitters will support it. So that's why it's dose specific as well. Lots yeah. of people will have those wakeful benefits from one cup of coffee, whereas a lot of people who are you know pretty avid addicts or are very sleep deprived, stress heads, um, it won't won't affect them. No, so their dose will need to be a lot higher. Um, and it's and sadly, same. that's why a lot of students who are you know university students in particular, I see it a lot, um, popping no doses through the night. Yeah, yeah. To, to keep them going, and you're looking at you know 200 milligram hits uh, again, and again, and again. So this is what also got me thinking about this study we read about saying it doesn't cause heart palpitations because. I'm sure, you know, there's been reports of studies where children, um, teenagers have died arising from over consumption of energy drinks. Yeah. 
Absolutely. resulting in a cardiac event. Yeah. So my question mark was, well, hang on, how can one thing say one? And yet news media reported as well, deaths by um, overdose of caffeine or overdose of that stimulant. So, yeah. We're going to post this uh, study on the Facebook page. So we would love your comments on this and what you think as well. So have you ever found that coffee does give you those, uh, you know, jittery effects? And have you ever had palpitations? And for those of you who don't know, palpitations are an uncomfortable awareness of your heartbeat. Um, you know, you typically might notice if you're sitting down quiet and all of a sudden it's almost like a racing or quite a pounding heartbeat that will uh, settle down. Or it feels like a flutter in your chest. And yeah. You're just not sure what that feeling is. It's almost like you're, you're gulping this air bubbles as you've swallowed. Like it's get that sensation that you get. So that's a good way to describe it. But yeah, yeah. it's that uncomfortable awareness of that. Mm. Um, the other thing with all of you coffee addicts out there is the half-life of caffeine or of coffee, caffeine from coffee, is about five to six hours. So that's how long um, its effects will last from a standard espresso, a standard cup of coffee. Whereas how many people are having you know, their cup every couple of hours. I know I've got lots of patients who will have, you know, up to 10 coffees a day. Um, and some of those might even be double shots as well. Yeah. And you know, you're listening, are you consuming coffee? Cause I often hear coffee is almost like a substitute for boring water. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot of people know they should be drinking water, but find it boring to drink water. So it's just, they're still drinking something. They still feel as though they're staying hydrated because they're drinking, but they'll just choose coffee because at work they can just hit boom on the coffee machine. Out comes a cup of coffee. Away they go. They're drinking. So they're not feeling thirsty while they're drinking. And they almost substitute the coffees for the water that they should be having. And when I hear that, I'm like, so how much water are you having? I don't know. I just have coffee. I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't count. That's not the same. Absolutely does not count. And further into that culture, uh, there's so many, uh, sites that reference this saying that sleep is poor man's coffee. Yeah. And that is so not true. And, uh, we definitely have to fix the sleep debt that comes with being over caffeinated as well, because you can't just keep, um, (laughs) I can't think of a, uh, a better way to say this, but you can't keep robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. Uh, You can't take it out of your sleep bank and then you go pay it back later. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't work work like that. We don't get to just, you know, store it up and save it for another day. And just on the way our body processes coffee, just on that half-life, uh, one thing that I find really, really interesting is, you know, always comes back to women's hormones, but women who are menstruating or ovulating, that half-life of coffee is actually longer. So the effects of the stimulants will actually last a bit longer for you in that period, uh, which means it stays in your system a bit longer, which is really interesting. Yeah. And another little perk for the asthmatics out there, um, Caffeine is a bronchorelaxant. It's found in a lot of medications for asthma or a derivative similar to caffeine uh, is in the medications. And it's theophylline and obviously breaking down coffee by the liver creates theophylline. And so there's some really interesting studies and um, the Cochrane Database of Systematic Review has found that there were some studies showing that caffeine um, was given. They used placebo trials mm-hmm. and it was shown that those people who'd taken caffeine had improved breathing two to four hours after ingestion so because of some effect on the bronco um, relaxation it was improving the respiratory function of people with asthma so you know as a quirky side effect or a quirky byproduct of having coffee for asthmatics may be that without you consciously being aware of it um, you may be feeling better because simply it's actually helping you to relax your bronchi which is making you breathe better obviously oxygen increases everything in the body. So the more oxygen you're getting, the more oxygen you're absorbing, the better you feel. So you might be having a two-way, you know, improvement there with coffee. That's, uh, I thought that was quite curious. 
All right. So we've certainly listed a whole bunch of pretty good benefits there. Um, I think that everybody is fairly aware of some of the negative effects of coffee, though. So the addictive quality, uh, yeah. especially uh, the the way that the withdrawals and, and the way that happens. And I'm sure everyone can attest to the fact that coffee can certainly give you withdrawal headaches. Um, they'll usually peak by about day three of coming off caffeine, um, but they get better, I promise. <laughs> yeah, and that's also why people uh, dose relationship. They increase their coffee consumption over time. Time because you need more and more of the same thing mm-hmm. to get the same benefits you experienced before. And therefore the withdrawal process is going to become harder and harder the more you consume each day. And, you know, if you're wondering whether or not you agree with the term of calling it a drug, just listen to that process right there. You yeah. need oh. more to get more effect and the quantity increases over time. That's drug. That's addiction. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know the most widely used drug in the world. So it, there's, there's certainly no argument about the the drug impact of coffee. But however, you can use it to your benefits, like what we've just uh, suggested. And we've got um, to even mention the effect benefits that athletes use it for. So yeah. athletes can attest to the fact that it's a performance enhancer. Um, you know, there's a lot of athletes bumping back a cup of coffee, you know, half an hour before they're racing. So they've got that really maximum. I think, again, it could come down to this Bronco um, expansion. I'd be curious to see if it's actually helping respiratory blood and everything. Um, But certainly endurance athletes, you know, I know that uh, for my racing, my husband and I were advised to have a flat can of Coca-Cola stored in a little bottle on the front of our surf ski so that if we hit the wall, um, it's a get-out-of-jail card to get you through that last stage of the race. And, yeah, you're so gross. Yeah, but you'll pay for it later because obviously yeah. you'll, you'll go through a big high and then a heavy dump. So you definitely don't want to use it too soon. Otherwise, you'll get that dump in the last part of your race and that will make for a very, very unhappy finish. Um, but that was really interesting. And could I find any research to attest to that? I really couldn't at this stage and I thought that was interesting. But anecdotally, the performance enhancement is there because so many people use it, so many people talk about it, and, and most athletes know about it. So, yeah. And it's certainly used as a pre-workout as well. So lots of guys who go to the gym, uh, if they might be doing this late afternoon, they've worked a full day, they want to go and hit the weights really hard, and so they will turn to a pre-workout supplement. They'll have usually... things like guarana extract and yeah. ginseng extracts in them. Yeah. Or just straight caffeine, so the synthetic versions of caffeine. Um, some guys will have a shot of the espresso and girls too yeah oh absolutely guys and girls yeah i did not mean to you're you're absolutely right um and that will give them you know that huge rush of adrenaline yeah massive surge which will get them through their workout Um, and lifting more because of that that enhanced power yeah absolutely uh some of the pre-workouts are pretty dangerous um and have some pretty horrific side effects well yeah they have warnings that you know don't take too much you get you know hot flushes and and tremors and uh, nice and rush that sensation that runs through your hands and feet and i'm just like wow it's uh doesn't really make me want to take them so hence the reason i can't talk from experience because i've never tried them uh and i wonder the effects that this would have on their sleep later in the evening because if you're really boosting your adrenals that late at night when they're supposed to be tapering off is it going to interact with melatonin that way so cortisol and melatonin have to work um one inhibits the other so as the cortisol off switch goes off melatonin kicks in which induces that you know your sleep state uh so i'm certain that those pre-workouts are going to completely mess with your circadian rhythm as well and then we tell people to be asleep between 11 and 3 because that's when your human growth hormone is active so uh again how 
how is that affecting the actual outcome that they're wanting of building muscle mass, building mm-hmm. stronger bodies when you could be actually affecting the production and regulation of um, HDH. So, oh, oh, and we deviated just a little bit there because we're just really, you know, curious to talk about some of these things and how it applies to real life and how it applies to your life because this is a day-to-day drug. So, you know, it's just coming from all angles here. It's coming from sport. It's coming from day-to-day work. It's coming from home life. It's coming from the, you know, coffee-flavored ice cream in your freezer. It's just, it's all around us. Yeah. So let's look at some ways that you can uh, get the most benefit out of coffee. We'll give you some tips to to wrap up now for our wonderful listeners. Uh, Now, if you are needing caffeine to start your day, it's probably a good idea to assess your adrenal function and maybe to have a little bit of a detox off the coffee. Um, Give yourself at least a couple of weeks. Uh, I know that people might be going, oh, hang on a second. This is too hard basket right there. Uh, And if that is you, then you're addicted and it's probably something that you need to, um, you know, flick that switch on. The first couple of days are tricky. The third day is the worst, but it will get easier and you will notice that your energy levels will pick up really, really quickly as well. There's lots of other um, non-caffeine or non-coffee related substances that you can use instead, like green tea, which is really, really good for your system, has a very detoxifying effect on the liver as well. Small amounts of caffeine. Yep. Still. Yep. So if you're really, really, truly caffeine sensitive, then you might need to steer away from that one but in compared to a cup of coffee far more benefits outweighing the the detriments of uh of a cup of coffee yeah absolutely you've got something called um ticino and this is an interesting one that i only recently discovered and it's a caffeine-free herbal coffee and it's a popular alternative um because it tastes similar coffee but it's caffeine-free so if you haven't heard of um ticino it's t-e-e-c-c-i-n-o then have a little look and look that up and just see what you think about it um and if you've tried it before i'd love to know what you think about it because i haven't yet tried it it's been on my radar i just haven't had a chance to get some yet interesting Um, and there's the uh the Rui Boss tea as well that they're making a lot of espressos from. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to pick me up, I mean, throw anything green. It'd be a good alternative to throw a green smoothie um, into your day as opposed to an extra two or three cups of coffee because you'll get some incredibly powerful um, energising properties from uh, green foods and particularly if you throw a wheat grass shot in there, you're going to get a real good boost. And, you know, good old exercise. Getting up in the morning, even though if you're dragging yourself out of bed, into the fresh air, get a little bit of sweat going, that is going to wake you up and have much more health benefits than anything else. You know, we've got to get our bodies moving. Um, and I think, um, is it Yerba Mate? I never had to say it yeah. is Yerba Mate. You, and yet some people tell me it's Yerba Mate. And I was like, oh, Yerba Mate. It sounds very, uh, very uh, It very might be. Culture. I say Yerba Mate. Yeah. yeah, very cultured. In Aussie, M-A-T is mate, so it's Yerba Mate to us. Um, but that's also a great alternative that if you're not really looking for the coffee taste, but, you know, some something warm, something flavoured, something you can enjoy in place of it, that's a really good alternative as well. Yerba Mate is also an appetite suppressant and can help to enhance the metabolism and can aid <gasps> weight loss as well bonus bonus Mm. uh, yeah i know lots of people who are pretty reliant on your mate who really enjoy it excuse me all right one tip that i will give you is if you don't have a a problem with coffee if you enjoy uh the the social um aspects of enjoying coffee with friends you're not reliant on it every day for your energy boost you can get out of bed without it then do so enjoy it and enjoy that ritual because we definitely don't have enough of these ritualistic tasks in our life anymore a lot of these have been lost you know it's such an ancient thing isn't it yeah humanity has developed and grown because we had rituals 
surrounding our evolution in, as from baby to adult, adolescence, you know, ritualized ceremonies going through puberty and, and all of these things. And unfortunately, you're right, rituals are just not uh, necessarily part of our daily life consciously yeah and might be doing them subconsciously like having that cup of coffee every day like my husband does you know getting out of the office going for a walk down to the coffee shop that he really loves down the corner where people are really friendly and then walking back now whether he got coffee or something else it wouldn't matter it's actually that ritual of leaving the desk taking a walk outside seeing some smiley faces turning back and heading back upstairs again with the headspace bright switch on now let's get the rest of this day done so it is a ritual and he didn't realize how much of a ritual that was until i said you know shouldn't you try and save some money (laughs) and he said but i like going down there even if i don't buy a coffee i'm like ah so it's not necessarily money saving that i'm trying to do here i I don't want to take you away from your ritual so i was like okay you know get your three dollar four dollar cup whatever (laughs) and i think you ask any good coffee connoisseur the way they go through that ritual on that process of making the coffee from the way they prepare the machine to how they, you know, blend the beans, the, the whole thing. And they the aromas that come from it. It's so um, it full the, sensory yeah. experiential, isn't it? They will do it the exact same way each and every time. And so enjoy the ritual around it. Um, one thing that I always advise is always choose organic. Um, now, I why cannot... do you say organic? Because a lot of people would say, well, I buy fair trade. Isn't that good enough? Yeah, fair trade's great. Um, so there's certainly... Uh, Ethically, uh, it's you know a lot better. However, coffee is actually one of the most chemically treated crops around. Um, so per acre uh, of conventional coffee, it's sprayed by about 250 pounds of chemical fertilizers. I can't convert that to kilograms. Two point two pounds a kilo. So, so just double half it. Half it. Half it. Double it. Half. Yeah. Half, half of that. Mouth um, wasn't my strong suit. <laughs> then, uh, so per acre, there's about that much of uh, chemical fertilizers, and actually roasting the coffee does not remove the chemical residue mm. so at best it removes about 15 percent um and I, that's molds and fungus risk as well on absolutely. top of that so there is a couple of things that really do potentially create health risks associated with non-organic coffee for me personally i noticed that if and this could be completely psychosomatic but it is you know my own personal experience with it if i drink non-organic coffee it makes my headspace very uh, strange. I, I certainly get those those a lot more jitteriness than I would from regular coffee, um, and it actually makes me catastrophize things a lot. <laughs> wow, well, which Isn't I find interesting? really interesting. And the only association I can make is. Uh, having non-organic coffee um, and I've experimented uh, widely with that <laughs> uh, so it certainly exacerbates a lot of those things for me and I not I cannot tell you what the process is um, but that's my experience with non-organic coffee uh, so here's your tips enjoy the ritual choose organic coffee where you can it's a lot easier than what you think um absolutely not until 10 a.m in the morning so no coffee until after 10 and um, search out your co- coffee free options so you know go for some herbal teas every now and then mix it up get a green tea instead of a cup of coffee um certainly look for alternatives in the way of chocolates and that see if there's other foods you know try and create some healthy snacks that you don't deviate towards those quick fix pick me up food solutions um, to get you through that next hour or two but then you get the dump at the other side causing you to go through the roller coaster of going into getting a cup of coffee chocolate whatever it is again so try and break the cycle with some you know healthy snacks high protein a great way you know yeah. to stave off some of the the 
you know, hunger pangs that you might be getting because that's part of the reason why we choose drinks sometimes. We're actually hungry and instead we're really thirsty. We're just not reading that message very well. Um, or just enjoy your coffee and your chocolate or your carrot at the same time. <laughs> hey, that's also part of the problem with rituals, isn't it? We yeah. might have a ritual of having a coffee date with a girlfriend, but invariably that means also, um, in my case, you know, a cake on the table between. And just because you ordered two forks doesn't make it any better. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so absolutely. We totally um, understand. So uh, all of you lovely coffee uh, officianos out there, we would love to hear what your ritual is around coffee. We'd love to know if you think you have a problem with coffee. Uh, communicate with us on on the Facebook page, so www.facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women or on our website, thewellnesswomen.com.au. We would love to hear from you. Um, we would love to know what you think of this episode as well, so feel free to give us your feedback. Um, send us your questions as well because a lot of our uh, episode topics are actually coming from the feedback that we're getting, getting from you and the questions about what you really want to know about, and that's what it's all about. So we're here to be of service to you. So whatever hot topics um, or problems are coming up, you let us know and we will certainly do our best to cover them as in depth as we can um, and big thanks to the researchers at uh, the university of Santa california san fran because they posed a study that gave me question marks and uh, it sent us down this line of inquiry today so we've had fun talking about coffee we both love coffee we both use it in moderation um, with mindfulness that it's a drug so mm-hmm. you guys go out have a wonderful day um, enjoy your day go as low caffeine as possible make those choices protect your adrenals protect your uh your sanity um try not to get too heavily into the addictive cycle of uh, caffeine products have an awesome day be well we hope you enjoyed this wellness catch podcast brought to you by audible do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the wellness couch well audible might just have the answer audible is offering the wellness catch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service you can get books like eat right for your blood type while we get fat by gary torps paleo diet for athletes or even the success principles by jack canfield so to download your free audiobook today go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch again that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.